And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. I am your host, Raider Hart, and you've tuned into the Raiders Chargers preview show. That's right, Nation. This is a monster game, at least for those of you out there that are still holding on, clinging on for dear life to those playoff, those faint playoff chances for the Raiders. Got to get this game. Raspy Raider and I are going to get into it. What is the injury status of Josh Jacobs? That's a major question out there. What's the one concern that I have is in terms of the defensive matchup for the Raiders here? And Derek Carr versus Brandon Staley, is there an issue there? We're going to talk about that as well. But before we get into anything, guys, always have to remind you that you can find us on social media Mainly on Raider Twitter. You can find us there at silver underscore hack. You can get us on Facebook too, if that's how you get down. But the the main thing here, guys, is make sure to tell everybody where to find us in terms of the podcast. It's easy to find us on social media. It's equally easy to find the show out there. Just tell everybody you know, any Raider fans in your life there that may not be Uh, listening currently let them know that they can find the show anywhere they're currently finding all their current uh all their their uh, podcasts that they're currently listening to guys very easy to find us make sure to like share and subscribe download and uh most importantly of all keep those notifications on so you don't miss anything any of this exciting action the raiders are starting to it looks like they're starting to heat up again guys so you want to be right there in the midst of all the action with the Silver and Black Hack podcast. And without any further delay here, we're going to bring in Raspy Raider here uh, now. And uh, Raspy, I mean, I don't think either one of us are expecting necessarily us to win out and and make the playoffs and, and stick the landing on this thing. But I have to admit, the Raiders getting the last couple victories here and, and looking more and more impressive in certain key areas in doing so has my juices flowing a little bit more for this matchup than I thought I would at this point, given the record, but uh, maybe it's just an AFC West thing. What do you, what do you feel? And what are you seeing out there, man? No doubt. Two weeks ago, um, like you said, them juices flowing may not have been flowing. So, so much, you know, a few weeks back, but, uh, and as of what we've seen, and this response from this team in the last couple of weeks, man, I mean, you're giving you, you know, it's one of those like, it's like uh, that dumb and dumber reference. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> you know? Hey, yeah. man, we'll see how it goes. But if we keep seeing the response that we've been seeing, you know, for the past couple of weeks and this offense, you know, continuing to start to flourish a little bit, you know, under McDaniels and the, and the coaching staff, hey, man. One game at a time, one week at a time. It's not impossible. 
we'll see what happens. But excited nonetheless and just ready to ready to see what these guys do with their backs against the walls because let's just be honest, man, there is very, very little room you know, as far as wiggle room is concerned. You know, you got to win. You got to win. You got to win this game. You got to win out. But obviously, guys, you can't win out if you don't win this Sunday against the Chargers. And Raspy, I would have to say that the top thing on most of our minds, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for everybody out there in Raider Nation, but I just would kind of guess on this, is the, the, the injury and game status of the, you know, most recent Raiders superstar this season, and that's Josh Jacobs. It's been widely reported that that calf injury, which was the thing that was the injury that was, you know, had him on the, the uh, questionable list uh, coming up to the game last week in Seattle, had him questionable leading right up to to, to kickoff there. And uh, obviously the 303 total yards and, and the usage that he got isn't going to do a lot to, to soothe a sore a sore calf there. So he's been held out of practice all week, Raspy. Same sort of status up in the air. He's not going to practice. They're trying to come up with a a way to manage this thing during the week so he doesn't have to get these touches to, to preserve his opportunity, his chance to be able to play in this game. What's your concern level, Raspy? Is it more just going to be kind of more the same as in terms of you expect him to play just as he did last week? Or does the, the, all those extra miles on Sunday in Seattle that he put on that already sore calf, is that going to make it a little bit more dicey for him to get out there this time? It's hard to say. I mean, like you said, man, I mean, we did – it was a question it was a question mark and a big one at that last week. Um, what game was it earlier this year, man, where he didn't make the trip with the team, but he showed up? We talked about it on the show. I was like, man, show up late and get there and he had was it Jacksonville who the hell what, what team was it I can't remember where he oh, was um yeah I, I remember what you're talking about where he flew separately was yeah. it Tennessee maybe, maybe it was it was one of those games man and, and it was earlier up, wasn't it yeah it was earlier and he ended up having a you know a decent game so I'm definitely not going to question you know his his resolve and his resiliency, man. Because it looks like he wants to be there every single Sunday, ready to go. But yeah, I mean that was a that's a lot of a lot of work he put in last week. So I'm sure that uh, he he's feeling the brunt of that. But um, I'm gonna trust that you know he's gonna he's gonna buck up and make that happen, man, and, and show up and and. Uh, Cause these LA eyebrows a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah doesn't, I, I mean, doesn't doesn't their doesn't their logo look like a damn eyebrow? That's what I'm gonna start from here and now, man. Gonna, we got to go beat up the LA eyebrows this week. So I haven't I'm heard trusting. that one out there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trusting that he's gonna show up and uh, show the eyebrows just how good he truly is. I, I would hope so. You, you know, yeah, again, he had the, the flu or whatever it was earlier in the season, didn't make the flight. And we said then we we don't really recall any other player not traveling with the team initially and then being able to still make a separate flight in and still suit up and play, uh, let alone play well. So, you know, no word of him, you know, obviously there'd be no reason for him to miss the flight this time. But you got to think that the chances are, you know, they're they're – they're giving him the rest and the treatment this week 
to get him out there on the field. And, and let's just be real raspy. He doesn't really need the reps. I don't think necessarily during the week, uh, that's the one position, especially with the flow, the kind of flow that he's in, he's reading his, he's, he's reading his blocks. Well, he's in the flow. I, I just don't know that he needs a lot of carries during, during the week. Where do you fall on that? The rest versus rust. Is it different for a running back? It hasn't. It hasn't seemed to be with him, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on that, man. Um, give him the time to, you know, rest and recuperate, and um, you know, you know for a fact that that man wants to put his cleats on and suit up come Sunday. So, I think come hell or high water, he's gonna be there, and he wants to go and show everybody. I mean, as if he hasn't put the NFL on notice already. But he wants to follow this up with another great performance. And I truly, truly believe that this man will, will be suited up and ready to go. I agree. That That's my expectation. I don't want to set the bar too high and get disappointed because as we're about to get into in a minute here, Nation, the, the Josh Jacobs factor looms as, as large in this particular matchup as it does in any particular game that the Raiders would play, at least this season. Uh, probably larger in this game than it does in most in any other uh, matchup that the Raiders would have. And uh, just lastly, in terms of injuries, Raspy, I think this is the week that Nate Hobbs is finally going to return, which is is pretty massive. You know, Josh McDaniels did give us an update on Waller and Renfro. Not going to be ready this week. And 50-50-ish, it's sounding like, for the quick turnaround to the Thursday night game. Uh, following the Chargers, that quick turnaround against, I believe it's against the Rams. So obviously they're not going to be ready for this game. But Hobbs, I think there's a, a lot a lot bigger chance, a lot greater opportunity for him to get out there finally this week. They wanted to give him an extra couple weeks coming off of the IR uh, situation. And Raspy, I mean, you know, again, it's going to be rest versus rust. Again, I think we talked about this one of the last couple weeks where you were a little worried that he may not, you know, it may be a little bit different for a starting cornerback, especially if you're going to have to lock horns with somebody like Keenan Allen or, you know, or, or Williams on the outside. Where does your mind, have you, have you changed your, your thoughts on that over the last couple of weeks? Are you that much more worried? Because those are not easy matchups, even if you're pretty much, you know, full stride and a hundred percent, those are difficult guys to cover. Are you where are you at with Nate Hobbs and his potential return? I think it was a good idea to give him, you know, that extra week or two because I mean we were, we were talking two weeks ago that he might try to sneak, you know, sneak one in against Denver and, and and make that start. So I'm glad, you know, because of where we were record wise and positionally that we didn't do that and didn't rush him back because it, you know, it looked like we kind of did that with with Anthony Averett, and I think it was out of necessity because Nate went down, but it looks like Averett's, if, correct me if I'm wrong, he's back on the IR. Yeah, he is, and that means he's so, done for the year. Yeah, so he he's done. I mean, that, that that's over with. Um, I think the difference in this was that it was, it was an upper body, you know, the arm, you know, wrist, hand-type injury that I hope that the footwork is not going to lack as – you know, as it did, you know, when it came to Averett, because you could just tell, you know, from 
the snap of the ball that he just his footwork was just not he wasn't ready you know and I think we rushed a little bit of that back you know due to the Hobbs injury so I'm trusting that Nate's gonna he's gonna make a he's gonna make an impact in this game and I think his speed will be ready like you said it's a tall it's a tall order tall task against you know Mike Williams and Keenan Allen I mean boy those are two guys that are just that can you know hurt you in so many ways I also think uh, Rock is – he's ready to bounce back. I mean, he you know, we were we were a little tough on him. But, I mean, really, the guy's been playing really good ball. And I know he's probably got a chip on his shoulder from, you know, how his – you know, how he played last week. So, I expect him to have a, a nice, you know, return to form just from a week-to-week basis after having, you know, a tougher – tougher week, you know, against Seattle. But – uh I'm going to trust in Nate that he's he's ready to go. And the way he plays and the way he is as aggressive as he is, if it was a like a leg injury, I could – I'd probably feel a little bit different. But because it was from the waist up, I feel a little bit better. And we'll see. I mean, you know, it's – but he has played real, real game, you know, high-speed football, you know. Averett hadn't yet. I mean, he was he was out early coming back in Hobbs has been out there playing some real live action and fast paced football. I got a lot of faith in Nate. I think he's going to bounce back and I think rock's going to, going to give him a lot of help on the other end. And, uh, and they're going to have a, a good showing. And quite frankly, we need him to do exactly that. So I'm going to give Nate the benefit of the doubt on this one. And I think he's going to come back and have a nice showing this week. Just real quick, if you were if you were Patrick Graham, if you were in his seat for at least this week, and you decided on the matchups, which obviously the coordinator, the defensive coordinator, would do, how would you like to see Graham pair these guys up in terms of skill set? Would you would you like to see Hobbs sort of mirror Keenan Allen wherever he goes, and because he goes in the slot a lot, and we know how Hobbs really cut his teeth and made his name in the slot a year ago and it completely different system but still or would you would you like to and obviously that would leave rock on williams or would you like to flip that around and see rock on keenan allen a little bit more often and then you know put nate hobbs out there maybe on the more physical you know randy moss type go over the top and jump ball type how would you like to see that sort of matched up by by graham or do you think it even matters which way they go I think it does matter, and I think if I was going to do it, I would go with that first scenario. I would I would put Nate on the long Keenan Allen, and I know Mike is long as well. You know what I mean? But Rock has proven that he doesn't really get bullied by guys. You haven't seen Rock getting just flat-out bullied by, you know, corners that maybe, you know, he's given up some size to. So I know it's that we don't, travel, we don't travel a whole lot, but if it were up to me, I think I would – I would go with that first scenario and I would, I would try to line it up to where, you know, rocks on Mike Williams and uh, Nate's, you know, predominantly on Keenan Allen. But I also think that both of these guys can, can play against the best of them, you know, on each, on each end. So, I mean, it's kind of a pick your poison type thing. I don't think there's necessarily a wrong or right answer for that one. It's going to be tough no matter how you look at it, but, uh, but the way, like you, you know, just just mentioned, you know, Nate cut his teeth, man, at the slot. 
and Keenan Allen, they do that a lot and put him in that slot position. So, I mean, you still got guys like, you know, Palmer and, you know, Everett's out there. There's other guys that can, that can get you. So if I had to say, you know, this is what I wanted, I would go, I would go with that. I would, I would have rock, you know, trying to do his best to muscle up with, with Mike Williams and, uh, allow Nate to uh, try to contain, you know, Keenan Allen the best he can. That's a tough one, man. Yeah, I agree because, you know, when Rock Yassin had his off game a week ago, as you mentioned, it wasn't shiftiness or, or out-muscling him or anything. It was the speed that he struggled with. It was just this Lockett's yeah. sheer blazing run by you, you know, if he's even, he's leaving kind of speed. And I don't know that any one of those guys that, you know, Williams can run, especially for a bigger receiver, no doubt about it. But I don't think either one of those two main outside threats, obviously Keenan Allen can move inside too. I don't think either one of those two guys has that track Olympic type speed that, uh, that Lock in fact, I know they don't have that type of speed that Lockett has. So it may not be quite as tough of a matchup. But what could be a tough matchup, at least for the Chargers, Raspy, you know, and this is the most obvious thing that I think everybody's looking at because it's the matchup that's the most glaring. And to truth be told, there's there's a few matchups in this one, Raspy, that, you know, I think that kind of determine this, that could determine the whole matchup for me. There's also, you know, obviously with each one of those, there's there's a sort all sorts of little variables off of each one of those, you know, so it's not necessarily that simple, but the first one for me is this big one that's glaring. It's the run game, man. It's Josh Jacobs, this red hot lead, you know, leading the NFL in rushing, the superstar offensive MVP type performance that he's that he's putting out there this year, Raspy. And the Chargers defense has some serious, serious problems stopping the rush. In fact, they, have the, they allow the most yards per carry in the Super Bowl era at 5.44. Raspy, you look at this, you know, Jacobs in the season that he's having versus this uber soft Chargers rush defense. Is there a chance that the game could just be won or lost just with this one simple factor right here, this one matchup? It definitely could. And, you know, we've, we've seen this too, man, where Josh is, you know, lit up certain teams and another, you know, lit up, you know, the best rush, you know, defense in the league. And then, you know, the following week you go and can't get them going against the Saints, you know, and I know the Saints have a decent defense, but they weren't exactly setting the world on fire, um, you know, on any level. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, that's, that's dicey for sure. But one thing that kind of to piggyback off that a little bit that I did see was, we're seeing some growth with Carr and this passing game. You know, we talked about the completion percentage going up in a hefty way last week. Seems like he's getting a little more comfortable. There's not so many of these gimme sacks type thing. But obviously, like you alluded to, you have to get this run game going. And Josh has to be able to feast a little bit. So, you know, don't, don't allow a team that has been so lousy – Sorry, guys. Been so lousy against the run. Find a way to dominate, you know, the run game for us that, quite frankly, has led the charge in these victories that we've had. So, 
I mean, we're going to find out. We're going to see. But uh, I just – I trust that this O-line is feeling really good about themselves. Josh is feeling really good. And as long as he's out there able to play, I, I feel like this – this offense is, is going to be able to move the ball on the ground. And I think some, you know, a little bit of mixing in there with some throws to the, you know, the running backs as well and getting Josh involved in that pass game and just keeping these guys honest. Don't allow them just to key on one thing, you know? Yeah, that's the key thing here, no pun intended, because, you know, this is one of those things where I don't think necessarily that if the if Jacobs goes off, then it doesn't matter what anything else that happens. It's just this one thing, and and as long as this goes the Raiders' way or goes according to what the the it says on paper the way it should go with Jacobs having a huge day again, I don't think that that's necessarily if it goes that way. Then okay, that's it. It doesn't matter what else happens. Raiders win, but I do think Raspy that if the Raiders do want to win that this is one of the factors that does need to go their way. I don't think that if if they do find a way to suddenly – it just would be a really bad vibe, a really bad look that the worst rush defense in the Super Bowl era is able to slow down this train. They're just – unless Jacobs just isn't able to – he's just not right or that leg just isn't ready to go or whatever, you know, especially if he's not able to actually play, then that would completely change this factor – because it's not just the it's not just the yards per carry that they're that the that the eyebrows <laughs> as you as you, you like it you like it you like it I think I think Nation's gonna like that one too. It it took a minute, but it's starting to it's starting to warm up with me a little bit. But it's not just the rush the the yards per carry the five point four four again the worst in the Super Bowl era. You know they're thirtieth in yards overall as well. They've allowed 150 yards five of the last six games, Raspy. 28th in rush EPA, 27th in rush success rate allowed. It's that five of the last six games that they've allowed 150 yards that concerns me because it's just one of these things where it's just like it's so set up for, of course, the worst run defense and since the Super Bowl has been around given up huge games to everybody five of the last six. Jacobs is on this tear. It just it's almost seems too good to be true because it should absolutely play out where Jacobs has a huge game, again, provided that he's actually able to, to get out there and play with his health. You know, there's just it would be it would be a major blow if, if this if this pathetic run defense was able to take this away. You know, that we can't be we can't be the get right team. We can't be – this isn't the – you know, you can't get your rush defense right against what we have going on right now. And, Rasmi, just to put a button on this point for me, one of the key things for that is Josh McDaniels, you talked about what the, what the Saints were able to do to stop – because if you guys remember, Jacobs is on this kind of a roll before earlier this year. We're starting to win games, and he was having these 150, 140 multiple touchdown games week after week started with Denver again, I believe, or at least I was in the middle of that run. And then just like Raspi said, the Saints came out, they were crashing the wide rushing lanes, and it put the brakes on the whole thing for about two to three weeks. It just wasn't the same. We've got it going again now. So it's just so important, Raspi, that Josh McDaniels needs to have that counterpunch ready to go. He needs to anticipate if they are able to stop the run, This is, you know, these are the only ways that they would be able to do it and if we see that, this is automatically how we're going to make them pay, like you said before, with the passing game, plenty of, of, of firepower to make them pay 
with that, doesn't that factor into this whole thing with the running game as well? He has to have that counterpunch ready when he didn't against the Saints. Of course. I mean, of course, of course. Like, I think a big part of it, and, uh, you know, going back to last week's game, it, Josh didn't rip off some 50-yarder in the first quarter. I mean, he was dogging for yards, but we stuck to the plan. But what allowed us to be able to continue to do that was Carr being able to throw the ball down the field, you know, 8.2, 8.3 per attempt. That right there, if they do try to come out and just stack heavy, Josh absolutely has to have that plan of attack and that counterpunch and Carr as well. He's the one with the ball in his hand. He has to be able to see that. Dude, you have a textbook game to go off of it, and it was just less than a week ago. Stick to the plan. Keep pounding that rock. But if they're going to bring them up and try to get heavy, man, then you have to burn them over the top. You have to figure out a way to do that and to keep them honest because the worst thing in this NFL that you can do, you know, as an offense is to allow a defense to start playing downhill. So this is as much on car damn near as it is on McDaniels to have a counterpunch and to be ready that be like, okay, you're going to go ahead and try to stack and bury us, you know, in the run game, then we're going to make you pay for it. And you know what? You do that a time or two, just like last week, all of a sudden that defense starts to soften up and they're stepping back a couple feet instead of stepping forward a couple feet, you know? So I'm with you, man. You got to be ready for that. I, Although I do feel like as long as Josh is in there that we're going to be able to get it going and get it going often, but it has to be able to be predicated off the pass too. I mean, they go, it's hand in hand, man. Your run game is predicated off your pass game and vice versa, man. You cannot be, there's not a team in the league that just is going to rush for 300 yards a week. And that's how they win because eventually teams, like you said, are going to find every which way. And I think as far as hitting those, those wide gaps and stuff. I feel like he's kind of had an answer for that with a little bit more of a, of a, you know, just down north and south type running game, just more power, you know. And and I think that Josh flourishes off that power game, although he loves the stretch and some of that zone schemes, which he can really find creases and bust out. He can. He's proven to be able to do it in the power game too. So don't get you know one way heavy over the other. Get at them early and get at them often in this run game and find out, you know, if they want to crash wide, well, then you know what? Then you just smash them, dude. And the way our offensive line bullied last week, I think we're going to be all right, man. Yeah, you could counter, like the like you said, they've been, obviously they've, they've found a counter for the, the wide zone uh, crashing that was – the Saints started that. Yep. took a couple weeks for us to figure that out. But, yeah, you know, straight-ahead power – and if they want to crash outside, then, you know, they've also been mixing in some inside zone. And, you yep. know, if, if they can't get a beat on, on if you're going inside or outside, it makes it very difficult to do that. You guess wrong. You could give up a 303-yard total um, offensive output to the back, you know, so or something crazy like we've seen with Jacobs. You mentioned the pass complements the run. The run complements the pass. And that that goes that dovetails right in with my counterpunch argument that it's got to be ready. And this is why it's so important, Nation, because 
you know, so much of the Raiders in the past in the car era has been predicated off of just how well he plays. The Josh Jacobs factor adds a different dynamic to where we can now win games where Carr is not necessarily an A-plus on his A-plus game every week. But against Staley here, I'm not going to say that Staley has Derek Carr's number, Raspy. I think that may be taking things a bit too far, but I will say that he has been able to slow Derek Carr down. It's only been since 2011. But, you know, three ma- the three matchups, you know, it's been a split. And, you know, Derek Carr, against Staley, he's, he's, this is the number so far. He's 63 of 107, 677 yards, six TDs with four picks, and all of that equals up to right around an 80 quarterback rating, which is below his, you know, that's below, that's below average. That's below his, his best football for sure. Derek Carr's and just league wide. That'd be well below average. Average is up in the mid nineties. Most years, this is a down year, but still 80 is still bad. Right. Um, he had what three interceptions the last in week one against Staley this year. A lot of that has been that he's been able to bother Carr with a lot of the the two deep shells and doing a lot of uh, different things that he likes to do. But this is where that compliment comes in, Raspy, because Jacobs can run them out of that. So my one of my biggest questions in this game is number one: Has Derek Carr figured out whatever it is that Staley has done against him in the past that has bothered him just a little bit? And you know. And number two, if are we able to run run Staley out of that? Does that change? Does Josh Jacobs change the math with that? Staley may not be able to to, to defend Derek Carr in the same way that he's had some success in the past. Man, I hate to just sit here and just keep agreeing with you. <laughs> yes, I mean, Carr Carr has struggled in the past with this two D stuff, you know, in in these shell coverages have really made him struggle, but that's what everybody's running now. I mean, for the most part, there's a few guys, you know, August is still doing his thing with that single high predominantly, but he mixes in those packages as well. It it does seem that this McDaniels offensive attack, especially with having a big, that's why I just think Waller, man, could be such a huge help if he's playing his game and, He's in there because Devontae has helped big time with that because he can beat you over the middle on these shallow routes and and kind of, you know, walk you out of that defense a little bit too because what it does is it creates voids in the middle of the field. And that's where Carr has to learn how to feast a little bit more, man. I mean, Carr, look at your own defense and how much they struggle in the middle of the field and how much that is a detriment to you guys damn near every week, let's be honest. So that's where I think, you know, he's got to he's got to get on that number one. And I think that, uh, you know, Devontae has been a huge help with that. Definitely. And number two, I mean, you got to go ahead and, like you said, prove him wrong, man. Show that you you have shown some some growth from one year to the next. And uh, don't don't let a guy own you defensively, man. You've got too much firepower, and with Josh doing his thing, I think as long as that happens, he can bail us out completely and bail Derek out like he did last week. You know, Derek had some good 
good throws, and he played a good game, and I'm not taking any of that away from him, man. But when your running back can do the things that he was doing, I mean, man, it, it makes it real, real convenient for a quarterback because he has so much – so many things open up off of a good run game. So, yes, Josh can change this whole freaking dynamic and he can cost Staley his job damn near. You know what I mean? Because let's just let's just be honest, folks. Uh, Staley is – he's uh, got a lot of weaponry there. There was a lot of expectations, man. So, you let the Raiders go stomp on you a little bit. I know it's early. I'm not saying he would get fired if they lose or anything, but – it wouldn't it wouldn't bode well if you've got, you know, two teams in the your division alone that are finding ways to take it to you, you know, more than you're taking it to them. Yeah. There's a lot of expectations there. So I, I do really feel like you know, Josh could be a I think he will. I really do. I don't I I think he's like a freight train right now, man. You better get out of this dude's way. So that's what I'm expecting and that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't see how it doesn't change the math with how he defends him. You know, he's such a, a two-deep shell. You're right, a lot of people are using the two-deep coverage around the league. That's that's kind of been the new flavor of the month. Um, and it looks like it's going to – it's here to stay for a while. Well, it's but slowing he, down these offenses, man. Like you just said, this is a historical year as far as how much offensive scoring has went down. It just every year for the last three, four years before this, man, it's just continued to go up. Yeah, and, you know, it's one thing to say that too deep is the flavor of the month in the NFL right now, which it is. He's even a specialist amongst the too deep specialists. That's how he right. got his job is the, the job that he did with the Rams with his too deep, his star, you know, defense, the star package and all that other stuff has not worked near as well with the, with the, with the, the eyebrows, you know, moving over there. But, you know... And, and let's just be real. I mean, he, he is coaching for his job. Staley is because the Cronkies, you know, you know, we're in the holiday time. And I'm not saying that that Stan Cronkey is Santa Claus. But when it comes to this situation, he's looking at at Staley and he is making a list and checking it twice. He's making a list of these W's and L's and everything that's going on. And he's going to be checking it twice at the end of the year. So Staley's going to try to pull out whatever stops he can. And if they stay back in those two deep shells that have haunted Carr in the past, we should run roughshod over that. That's probably an oversight that we had in week one where, you know, it's it's fair because we didn't know what kind of running season, what kind of type of season that Jacobs is going to have on the ground. But that could have been a major factor in week one. And, and you know, instead Carr turns it over against that two deep look three times. We'll see. We'll see how that changes the math exactly in this matchup. Raspy, but you know, you know, you know what else? Or you remember what else from Week One also changed the math? It wasn't just Staley; it was Khalil Mack. You know, it, he he wrecked the game in a big way last time. We have some very young tackles, or at least one young tackle on the right side. No matter which way they go, it's going to be a young guy over there, and they're going to target that again. They're they're probably going to line him up. On that side, they're probably going to avoid Colton Miller as much as they can. Raspy, don't they have to have a plan for 52? I mean, it, he hasn't quite been – he's not quite what he used to be, but he showed in week one he can still turn the lights out in, in the building. Well, and if I remember correctly, man, he had three sacks in that first game, and two of them were against Colton. So I don't know how much they'll shy oh, away right. from 
I don't know how much they'll shy away from that. Colton better stand his ground and better be ready, you know. And but one thing I do trust in is man, there's if there's one group of guys that have really shown their metal, man, is this O line and the way they've been able to plug and play. I gotta give these guys so much credit because Josh Jacobs isn't doing what he's doing with it with a lousy O line. It's just not happening. It doesn't matter how good he is and how good he is at breaking tackles and how good he is at the second level. It's you can't get to the second level without a really good O line. This O line has matured a lot. If Khalil Mack thinks that week one is gonna look anything like week thirteen, he's got another thing coming. So these boys better show that they've learned some lessons since that week one matchup and do not let him go off because I'll tell you right now, there was two games and we talked about it week one that he had penciled in. You know, he's saying it on his visor, telling you where he's at. You know, I'll go back to that, man. This dude is on some F the Raiders type stuff and he wants to dog us out every chance he gets. So if we don't, again, have a counterpunch for that, you're going to be in for a long day. Is Bosa playing as well? Is Bosa back to full strength or... I'm, I don't know. I don't think he is. Because I know he's been out with injury, too. So that was another thing. Bosa was completely healthy. If Bosa's not playing, which is something that I should know, and I apologize, Nation, for not knowing that, but I know he's been kind of kind of one of these Nate Hobb things where he was on the IR, but I think he's fulfilled that four weeks, and now it's just, is he ready to go, you know, full steam? So, I mean... But you better plan that he is because that should be your approach every single week. So, But I do have a lot of faith in this O-line, man, and I feel like the growth that has happened and transpired in the last, you know, two months, you know, plus of football, this O-line has got a lot better. Khalil Mack might be uh, underestimating just how much better this O-line has been. Yeah, you know, speaking of Bosa, you know what their approach is going to be because they haven't shied away from – I mean – one of the games recently, Bosa basically exposed it after the game. They feel like if they can hit him early, Carr, him it's being over. Carr, if they can hit him early, if they can pull him down to the ground early, especially in the first quarter, that can set that can reset a different tone from Derek yep. Carr from his point of view where he's not as aggressive. You know, maybe he's looking at the rush instead of looking down the field to make plays. Uh, Bosa talked about how at times he's even curling up before you even get to him at that point. A, do you buy into that? And, well, A, do you buy into that? And B, they have to have something ready for that this time. I do buy into that. Carr has shown that. And I'm sorry we haven't had enough. Dang it, I said it again, guys. It's something I got to break myself of. It's not even sorry. It's something that he struggled with. And as much as I, I think I, I, I do that because I, I want to try to make excuses for him, but I'm, I'm done making excuses. It's not just because I love the, you know, I'm not just going to do it because I love the Raiders. He has to show these guys that, no, that's not me. You think you know me? Okay, well, we're going to find out. And I'm going to get at you guys early instead of you getting at me early, and it's not even going to be an issue. So that's what he needs to do because it can. There is a, there is a certain bit of, you know, mind, you know, whatery that happens in this league. And sometimes you just got to shut guys up. And you do that by your play on the field. You know, you can say whatever you want. Let him talk his trash. 
Go shut him up on the field because I promise you, you go get a dub and you smash it down these guys' throats, there ain't going to be nobody over there on the eyebrow side saying that, oh, we do exactly what we thought we could do to Carr. So he has to change the narrative on that. He does. He does. You know, nobody questions Carr's toughness. He took a real big shot to the ribs a week ago. A lot of us thought he may have maybe fractured or, or bruised something, deep bruise, you know, in the ribs at the very least. And he came, basically came right back into the game. But this is a different type of toughness. Nobody questions his physical toughness. This is, does he trust the protection? Is he looking for Khalil Mack instead of looking for Mack Hollins? Like, you gotta, he's got to be looking for the right Mack out there in this game. Yep. So could have said be it better a- myself, man. What a What a great way to put it. You're so right, because if he's looking for the right guy, he doesn't have to worry about the other guy. Right. You know, even if he does take a sack early, we can't yeah. rule that out, especially if Bosa's right. right. They can sack anybody in the league early yeah. on, you know. Well, and he got, sacked gotta, early last, he got sacked early last week and threw a pick on his first play. But you know what he did and what he showed me was some prowess to say, that's not – I'm not curling up. I'm not going away. And he bounced back. So I'm going to give him credit there, man. I'll tear you down, but I'll also give you credit too. I mean, I'm I'm not an idiot. I saw that. That was big time. It Don't really was. That, and that's what that's all I asked, man. That's what I'm talking about. That killer instinct, man. Like, okay, I gave you one, but you know what? I'm going to take two back, so it's not even going to matter. Come out there with the attitude that I'm going to take that one back, and I'm going to go get another one on you. That's all Plus I ask. One. Right. Plus one. You give, yeah. I give you one. I take back two. So exactly, not much you can you can do with that with that mentality. If somebody really does embody that on the field, did you have any other key matchups? Uh, you mentioned the tight end Foster Moreau. The Chargers do have some real struggles checking tight ends. It's a shame that Waller wasn't able to. Well, that's that's we won't even go there this time. But we'll we'll just focus on the guys that are ready to go. This could be a big game for Foster Moreau. He's got to hold on to some of these clutch throws at times earlier in the game. He did respond late with that big catch in the end zone that only had a, a I think it had a less than ten percent chance according to you know Football it Power Index. It did. Yeah. It was like nine point something, man. I mean. That's what I'm saying too, man. Like Moreau, you got you got a chance, man. And, and Carr does show trust in him. He he has been. It's been getting better. You know what I mean? We've been seeing more of the getting through the progressions and getting to that second or third guy, which a lot of times is your tight end. And he's a big body guy who can run. He's got a little bit of slipperiness to him, and seems as big as he is. He still finds ways. He reminds me of like I know this is saying a lot, but he reminds me of like a you know, a lesser Gronkowski. I mean, the guy can, he can move and he's got some, you know, he's, he's got the ability to get slippery and and to get open and to create some separation. So it's just all about catching that rock, man. And, and like you said, finishing the way he did last week, I think only, you know, ended on a good note and could only take away some of the earlier stuff. We had a couple drops and you just can't have those. You, you've got to be that guy. If D-Wall's not in there, you have to be that guy. I mean, this offense just looks so much better with a tight end who can play ball. And I think Moreau can can fill that void, but he's just got to make sure he just stays consistent, man. But I, I really do think that they need to work him into this offense like they have been and just continue with that because 
it seems like when he does catch the ball, they're bigger plays. They really are. I mean, he, he played a big part of both of these last, you know, two dubs. That's how you build confidence with your quarterback, man. I mean, yeah, you're not going to catch every single one. Hell, if Devontae catches the one against the Chiefs, we win the game. So even the best in the league will drop some or not get their feet where they need to be. So just learn from that, grow from that. I think Carr still has plenty of faith in Foster Moreau, and I think that'd be a, a hell of a way to uh, to attack this defense too, man, because they flat out can't cover over the middle of the field either. At Collins, I mean, all these boys, Devontae, you got to be able to feast, man, especially if they're going to go run heavy. Derwin James, you know, there's only one of them out there. He, he He's not at every level, so you have to, you know, he may not be the guy you want to go at predominantly, obviously, but he, he's only one man out there. Don't let that scare you. Yeah, I don't know as much about the Gronk comparison, but do you know who he reminds me of kind of, and this is going back a little bit, Raspy? I'm talking about Foster Moreau. Yeah. Maybe a poor man's, because you said poor man's Gronk, which I can kind of see, but what about poor man's Jeremy Shockey? I'll take that too. Doesn't he kind of remind you a little bit <laughs> yeah, of Shock? Kinda, yeah, you know, you're not wrong. I'm just thinking like, because he's a bigger dude. He's got some, he's got some, some mass on him. I mean, he can run through tackles, you know. He's he and he's got some speed that it looks. And I guess that's why I compare him to like a poor man's Gronk is because, man, I I think the guy's faster than he you know than people give him credit for. It's he ran a four six coming out of LSU. And I'm telling you, you put him in pads and put him streaking down the middle of the field. He gets you a thirty three yard banger and gets you in position to take it to OT. You know, a couple of weeks back. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He just he seems to have a little bit of sneaky speed to him for a guy of that size. But I like that comparison too. And Jeremy Shockey was a beast. So I'll tell you right now, I'll take that as well. Probably it's, it, it's probably a obviously a closer comparison, but hell, I'll take that too. Yeah, I'm sure there's better comparisons out there, but the point is taken that he could be a guy who factors in really big here. For the Raiders, but you know, we can only talk about this matchup so much, Raspy, without looking at the other side of the ball. And you know, there's a big, huge problem there. There's a Justin Herbert problem there that they do have to worry about here. And this is my other key. You know, there's there's things off of this, but the other thing that really worries me that you know, because obviously the Jacobs thing is is glaring. His you know the the Chargers weakness versus our strength, the Staley versus Carr thing factors in for me, lots of different variations and variables that we talked about there. And then the other one for me, and we'll get to you yours as well, I want to hear yours as well, is, is this Justin Herbert versus Patrick Graham situation. Just briefly, Raspy, so far against Patrick Graham coach defenses, not a big sample size by any means, but he's 2-0. and He went 49 out of 65 for 554 yards, six TDs, and zero picks. Boy, Raspy, something's got to change there in this matchup. That's the thing with Herbert, man. I'm telling you, this kid, he one thing that has allowed him to survive and to, and to flourish like he has early is he'll give you the check down, bro. He'll he'll take the check down. If you give him that, he will take it every time. 
it, it's similar to like Tom Brady, man. It's one of those guys, and I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was just never afraid to take the check down. If you're going to give me six to 12 yards, I'm taking it. If you're going to give me four to eight, I'm taking it. And that's the problem, man, because he'll nickel and dime you to death, and then all of a sudden he runs out of the pocket, gets away from the pressure, and he's got some dude just running dolo down the center of the field. So he's not afraid to give you – you know, or to take what you give him. So you have to pressure this man and you have to be able to be around the ball. And I'm saying around your, your, the guy you're covering, our, our defense better make sure they're in the vicinity of everybody that they're supposed to be keyed up on because he will take the check down all day long. He will nickel and dime you to death if you let him. And then he has the ability to run out all of a sudden and everything fall apart and he's just chucking the ball 60 yards down the field to a wide open Palmer, Keenan Allen or Everett or whoever the hell it might be. So that's the thing with him, man, is he's not afraid to do that. And that's what I think has allowed him to flourish in his first few years in the league. A lot of these young quarterbacks that want to go away, I want to get that big play. I want to run it. I want to take that thing down the field every chance I get. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to always go to the check down. I'm not going to always do it. Well, he'll take the check down every time. Austin Eckler will kill you. We've seen it. He's done it to us before. So, yeah, Patrick Graham better have a plan for all this underneath stuff because, you know, it, and that's another thing. It looks sexy. You got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. It's like these guys can just take you over the top any given play, big time, big receivers on both ends. There's times where those guys, you know, get a – handful of targets each, but they just kill a team with their tight ends and running backs just running loose on these underneath routes. So I think a little more man would would be in order. We'll see. But uh, don't give this guy, don't give him all these checkdowns because he'll take them and he'll, like I said, he'll just death of a thousand cuts, nickel and dime, whatever you want to call it, but he'll beat you up that way. But that's the tricky part about Herbert, though, is because what you said is true, but then the other edge of that sword is that's also the best way to defend him. I think the Raiders do need to force Herbert to play the checkdown game because let me just let me just give you some some brief evidence why here, Raspy. This has been kind of a weird year for Herbert. You know, it doesn't he's going to struggle to crack thirty touchdowns this year unless he really gets hot down the stretch, which could obviously could happen but if they if they're it's the thing that the thing that i think you're saying is you know obviously if you have a choice between herbert checking it down or or skewering you over the you know with explosive throws 20 yards down the field you take the check downs and this is where herbert's ranking this 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 season so far you're absolutely right about austin eckler you've got to take care of him but right now herbert ranks 17th in Dakota, which is completion percentage above expected plus EPA per play. So he's averaged there. 20th in adjusted EPA per play. 21st in success rate. But this is the big one. This is the banger right here, Rasp. 32nd. Justin Herbert right now is dead last in the NFL in air yards per throw. So if the Raiders can force Herbert to play that checkdown game, but play it in a way where they're not giving 
what you said is right. You can't give him six yards per check down. Twelve, he, though he will nickel and dime you to death. Well, but if you can, you can limit those to three or four. And, yeah. and and play him to that 32nd in the league in air yards, that could be a recipe for the for the Raiders to keep him in check a little bit. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Just, like, contain him, man. I, I almost think – I know some people might disagree with me, man, and this is where you miss a guy like Divine Diablo. I, I think he's a guy you spy, dude. Like, I just feel like he wants to try to, you know – find something quick and early and he wants to do it often and I don't know it, it but like I said he's just he's one of those guys man he's he's just not easy to defend so I'm with more of the keeping it to the check down stuff but it's got to be tight is what I'm saying we just have seen so so much loose coverage this year that if you give it to him man with some of the playmakers he has you give these guys the ball and they've got three yards of separation that could turn into 30 real quick. It will turn into 30. And Eckler is right at the top of that yeah. list. You yeah. miss a tackle short where you could have limited him to three or four yards, which you, you'll live with. He turns that into 12, 20, 40 yards yep. with one or two, you know, mistakes. When you so you're right, when you have these guys bottled up, you gotta you absolutely have to keep them bottled up. But you can keep Herbert bottled up. And it, like you said, he will take the check down. That's that's his yep. strength and it's his weakness. It's yep. one of those weird things where the same thing that's his strength is also his weakness where if you, he'll take what you, give, what you give him, but he'll also take what you give him, if that makes right. any sense. No, it does. So, it makes absolute sense. So that that's a that's – a, and the Raiders have not been the most disciplined team, Raspi, as you've basically been hinting at that. They haven't been the most disciplined defense so far this this season. Well, shoot, in recent seasons, in recent decades, but specific to this year, they haven't been the most disciplined in coming up and and you know taking care of those those tackles, you know, out of the backfield. Maybe a little bit better than last year, but that that is still an area of concern. Agreed, man. I mean, we've. We've struggled so much just in the middle of the field. I mean, it's been – we've talked about it at nauseum, you know. So, Perriman's playing a lot better, you know. There's some guys that have been playing better football, and I think, you know, last week, I mean, like you said, like we, we had talked about, we could have we could easily held that team to 24 points, you know. We haven't done that. It's been an issue. I just – I, I I hope the return of Nate Hobbs is going to help with some of that, you know. It should. And I think just manning up, man, playing a little more helmet on helmet, man on man type defense. I think is your best bet in this because, like you said, it, it's a gift. It's it can be his, you know, biggest gift or his lousiest curse. It just depends on how you play that. So I just think containment, doing your job, staying in your area, staying on your guy, and at least allowing guys to to crash, you know, and and hope that you see, you know, a little bit of replication from what we saw last week with the interior of this D-line to cause him a lot of a lot of problems. And that's I think my biggest key is applying pressure to him and doing it early. Well, I'll even take your baton and run with it, bro. It, 
that's also one of my big keys, especially coming, you know, with this Herbert key here. Remember what we said over the last couple of shows, if anybody, and obviously we need Max to go off like he normally does, but if we can get anybody else on that defensive line to record a sack, I feel like our odds, well, the numbers this year say we're undefeated in those circumstances. So that lifts our odds of winning just that one thing alone. If anybody else, and it doesn't even have to be the D line. If, if one of these DBs that have recorded some sacks this year, anybody other than Max Crosby, gets this guy, Herbert, on the ground, I believe that that elevates the Raiders' chances of winning. Is that kind of – does that kind of mesh with the point that you're making about the defensive line? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You have to make him uncomfortable, and you have to do it, like, early. It's just like any quarterback, man. You let a guy settle in and start to get his feet underneath him, you're in for a long day, man. Anybody that's made it in this league is going to know that. You know, so I'm I'm all about, like you said, anybody else gets their hands on this guy and puts him down early, man, then it's it's just it you you put a bug in a guy's ear early and it happens to the best of them, man. Sometimes they just can't get they can't come back from that. We've seen Carr do it. We've seen you know, numerous quarterbacks do it. When you can press a guy, get him off his spot, and let him know that, hey, man, we're going to put you down and we're going to put you down early. Yeah, it changes everything. And then you can start playing downhill. Like I said, there's the opposite of what we're talking about there, D. Don't let them play downhill. You can play downhill. And you see when, you know, Max gets a little bit of love from anybody else on the team, it almost makes him – that stuff is, it seems like every time we've ever had somebody else coming in and helping, it almost gives Max a boost because he's like, oh, thank God it didn't have to be me on that one. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it does seem weird. It seems very weird that, you know, like Art says, you get anybody else to put a hat on the quarterback, we win the game. That creates those opportunities. That creates those turnovers. That creates just chances for other guys to make big plays. And I think you you do that, and we'll be in good shape. I just know it. I think it also changes the mindset of the rest of the guys on that defense, not named Crosby. It's like you right. know, just you know how it is, Raspy. We, we watch a lot of other sports. It's one thing when Steph Curry is the guy hitting all the threes. Yes, it, the the crowd goes berserk. The the bench is standing up, waving those towels around, high-fiving. But when it's Steph, Clay, Jordan, Poole, Wiggins, all hitting threes, the roof absolutely goes off the – blows off the joint. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think it's similar on defense. It's one thing when, you know, our Steph Curry is going off with Max Crosby, but when you start getting – Clay and all the, you know, our version of the, the other guys, the other Splash Brothers going, not that we have anything pass rush-wise that resembles the Splash Brothers outside of Max, but But I damn, think we guys sure looked like it last week. I mean, you had Andrew Billings and Bilal Nichols and Chandler Jones was getting in on the party and, you know, it, it was it was nothing but you know, good vibrations, man. Perryman's freaking getting picks because pressure's added. You know what I mean? It just trickles down. It's just, you're not wrong. It builds everybody up. It gets everybody jacked up and juiced up, man. 
It does. It, it does. And, you know, speaking of jacked up and juiced up, man, it, that perfectly goes into one of my last points is it's time to th this man protect the damn death star already. It, it's time to, right. we need to, we need to give this crowd reason to be jacked up and juiced up. Speaking of that, you know, we've let too many teams come into to our brand new, beautiful stadium, state of the art building out there in the, the Vegas desert on the strip you know, there's been times where we've really defended it, our home turf, very well, but it, it just really hasn't been the new home field advantage that I was expecting and hoping for this building to be. And I don't think it's anything about the stadium. People talk about the wine and cheese crowd or whatever. Look, play good football at home, win games at home, and you'll see the intensity of the crowd change if you put out a product where they're not sure if you're going to win or lose you let jeff saturday and matt ryan and what's left of all that come in there and win yeah they're going to be talking about the the hors d'oeuvres they're not going to be looking at the field as much so there is that element that could be there but if you play your best football and win games at home especially big games divisional games raspy it's time for the raiders to to stamp their their mark put their mark down on on the on the death star it needs to be one of these venues to where it's like okay we're on, we're on a two-game losing streak, and, and, you know, we have to win this game because the next week we're going to Vegas, and that's as good as a L. Like, that's almost a guaranteed L. They, isn't it time for the Raiders to, to lay down that gauntlet at home? I'm tired of this, Raspy. That was what we set out to do, man. I mean, we bitched and moaned about a – you know, a, a state or even a city at that when it came down to it to – to believe in this team enough to go and build us a stadium. Well, these guys went and built us the freaking Death Star, man. It's time to start paying some of that back, man. And, you know, how do you expect these Las Vegas residents to uh, to jump on board when you're playing some of the lackluster football you're playing at home and just in general? So, yes, it's time to, time to show who you are, man. I would love nothing more than for us to get back. And I know you can't play football like they did back in the late seventies and eighties, you know, but you can still have some semblance of that and, uh, and be a team that ain't to be messed with, be a team that, like you said, other teams are worried about having to play and worried about having to go to your house and deal with your fans. And like you said, man, you win the wine and cheese crowd, uh, they'll start to dissipate, and if they don't, they're going to get on board, and they're going to be as loud as the next guy because winning cures everything. So right. go find a way to to cure that, man, and to allow us to be that stadium that you don't want to have to come into. We just went and saw what a stadium can do. We went and played in Seattle, man, against the 12s, you know, one of the loudest stadiums in NFL history. And I guarantee you these boys, as far as the, the Raider Nation was concerned and all the players, were just on one after that game, man. You shut that crowd up. Go turn your crowd up, man, and and see the wave of momentum that that, you know, leads forward just into the future, man. You have to get the guys involved. You have to, you have to build, you know, in a sense, you have to build a fan base there. You, you moved. Right. They're not natives. They're not native. No. Necessarily. No. I'm sure there's a number of them that grew up Raider fans, but well, it's yeah, not like and it's I'm Oakland. sure there is. But you ain't you ain't in Oakland anymore. That's just the way it is. 
you have to go and, you know, some, some people, you know, like I said, in this world of instant gratification, you got to go give them something to be gracious about. So go start owning this stadium, man, and making it a real tough place to, to play at. And you'll see it'll come in a hurry. It needs to, you know, this needs to be one of these dreaded buildings that other teams, you think about Arrowhead, it's not just the Mahomes and Reed. I mean, it had that reputation before those guys even showed up that that was a very tough place to win. Lambeau Field, when the weather turns, very tough place. You better have your your wins in order before you have to go out there because, you know, the, the... the Death Star needs to be one of those those locations, yeah. those those stadiums. New Orleans in the Superdome, man, back in the day, man, when Breeze was there, that was not a place you wanted to go. They were loud and proud, and they were in your ear and making it real difficult for you to do anything. So they, that's they how made you, it difficult. They made it difficult for us this season with the way yeah, better team going yeah, in you there. Gotta, you got to build a winner, man, and it. it, it I get it. it it's not going to happen necessarily overnight, man, but. You got to get the ball rolling on this so we can uh, we can be that place, man. You ain't call your stadium the Death Star, but you can't beat nobody. Yeah, we don't want the Death Star that gets blown up at the end of the movie, yeah. man. That, that's not the one. We want the one that's blowing up the planets, not yeah. getting blown up. So Absolutely. It's huge difference between those two, man. So it's time to get a, it's time to enter the blowing up the planets phase of this plan here in Vegas and there's no there's only one way to do that and that's that's to go out there and just win just win baby so we'll we'll see yeah, if they're right. able to do that um do you have any other keys for this one raspy anything that's really standing out to you that you, you you think needs to go the raiders way to get this one I think we've touched on this man I think we've touched on basically everything at this point man I mean we know what we need to do um I guess what I would say man is Keep the pen- the penalty thing slowing down big time last week. Keep that down. Turnovers, man. We turned the ball over four times in week one against this team and lost by five. Right. Win, win the freaking turnover battle and you will walk away with this one. I can almost guarantee that. You win the turnover battle, you might just walk away. If you can stay credible and at least keep things even – you're going to win the damn game. So the turnovers are what it's going to come down to. We were able to snap back from a couple early ones last week, but that ain't going to happen every week, man. So win that turnover battle. We need our D to be able to cause some ruckus and get us that ball back because that opportunistic play. But I think that just exactly just comes back to just win that turnover battle, man. Let's go get it. Yeah, I think they have to play a clean game. That, that's one that I overlooked. Uh, appreciate you adding that to the show because you're right. The four turnovers was just as big of a factor in that loss as yeah. anything else was. And and that's really been an issue with Carr against Staley. I remember yep. last season in the, well, the first game one, that we lost. He had four, six picks and or four touchdowns and six picks or six touchdowns and four picks. I mean, it wasn't a good ratio any way you looked at it. It's not, and I remember even, you know, going back to the 2021 season, the game that we lost to the Chargers, he threw a red zone pick in that game that took points off the board that loomed very large in that matchup. So it took the air right out of the the building, talking about 
everything that well that was actually on the road but it still took the air out of the building because we own their we own their stadium damn we got our boys maybe over there more than we do in vegas right now Shoot. i know right right that's like our that's our our uh, vacation spot home. yeah it's our home right. home right there man so right yeah i agree with you man i think that we we both had some really important points here the most important point, though, is here we go, Raspy. Do the Raiders keep this streak alive? Do they win three in a row? Do they beat the Chargers? I think we do, man. I got another one. I got a kind of a gun. I got a weird feeling, man. I just I feel like we we keep this going for at least another week. <laughs> I really, we we always got to make things cardiac and drastic. So, you know. You, you're flirting with it right now at four and seven. You know, you got a lot of teams that are four and eight. You know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I have a feeling that it's going to be another, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be tight. You know, probably ugly at times, but, you know, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr and them boys find a way to win it 27-25. Ugly as hell. It would be so beautiful, though, if it turned out that way. And, you know, yeah. I look at – I don't have as much of a feeling about this one, Raspy, as I do the matchups to me. It's more of well, a logic thing than a feel thing. Is the matchups. I mean, we – I don't know. For some reason, we can get up against this team, you know, even at their best. So, kind of with you on that. Yeah, because for me, it's it's more of a it's more of a what's on paper here. You know, a historically bad run defense versus a Hall of Fame type season. I'm not saying Jacobs is a Hall of Famer yet, but I'm saying this season is Hall of Fame esque. Look at Terrell Davis's some of his best seasons, or look at Derrick Henry some of his best seasons, who he's ahead of in rushing right now. This is a big time, and then compare what Jacobs is doing right now. This is a big time season from a big time running back. You know, you look at that, you look at the fact that that probably changes the way that Brandon Staley has been able to, his blueprint against Derek Carr in the past, that may be significantly compromised. The momentum seems to be really with the Raiders right now. The Chargers are in some, some of a, some sort of a weird funk right now, which certainly could change against the Raiders. They, they do play their better football against us. I like the Raiders here as well, Raspy. I like the Raiders a little bit bigger than you do, but not by much. I like the Raiders' offense to keep it going here, keep the hot streak going. The defense gives up some plays, but they, they do just enough to bottle up Herbert enough. Raiders win this one 28-24 over the Los Angeles eyebrows. Yeah. Hey, man, we're, we're right there. I mean, we, we both know it's going to be a close game, man, no matter how it all boils down. I mean, I think we could damn near not have any turnovers and it would still be a close game. So it, that's what shows you. And the last one, like I said, we had four and it was a close game. So it's it's weird. These divisional games are always, you know, a little sketchy. It seems like there's things that happen in divisional games that just don't happen in non-divisional games. I mean, some people might agree with me. Some people might not. It's just you see weird things with these teams that face each other twice a year on a regular. So... We'll see, but uh, 
But it sounds like we both got some faith in, in Nation this week to keep this thing going and to keep it interesting for another week. And uh, hell, man, if you get if you're keeping it interesting, at least when you're you know getting real close to December, I guess that's better than you know saying it was over already, which who knows might already be. <laughs> but we're hanging on, and until you lose. I ain't going anywhere, man. And even when we do, I'm still going to be here, but I'm going to be a little more realistic. But I don't know, man. This team is – I'm just seeing some things in this team that are happening finally that are kind of what we expected a lot earlier. And it just it didn't happen. It's, and, and even with all that, you know, you got six of your seven losses or by a, you know, one possession game. So it's – we're a hard team to call right now, man. Even Vegas is having a hard time figuring out what the hell to do with the Raiders right now. That should be another spot of motivation for the Raiders. I believe that we're two-point dogs at home the last Ooh. time I checked. So, yeah. you know, that you know, dogs dogs at home, um, man. That's... Imagine imagine Darth Vader an underdog at home at the Death Star. That just doesn't yeah. compute, man. That just doesn't compute at all. So the Raiders are going to have to rectify this thing. Good thing that we both picked him to do just that. Yep, absolutely, man. And uh tell you right now, man, from a betting man's perspective, you're getting two points on the home team. You take that bet. Yep, and if the Raiders win, obviously you win outright. So they cover, they win. Everybody's happy. Uh, Raspy, you got any last words here? Well, first off, guys, remember, ask Raspy. Um, don't don't forget to keep those notifications on because that's going to be dropping uh, here as well. So um, make sure to make sure to stick around for that and make sure to uh, keep it right here with us because we're going to be breaking this down and win or lose, we're going to break down the Chargers game and we have a quick turnaround next week, guys. So yeah. make sure to keep those notifications on. Uh, Captain and Plank, the post game wrap from the Chargers. Ask Raspy next week. It's going to come hot and heavy, fast and furious. So keep those notifications on, guys. And we're ready, man. And uh, we're going to be uh, coming at you quick. It's it's happening. Things are going to happen real, real fast. But we're right here, man, and we're on top of it. And uh, it's for you, Nation. And uh, appreciate the hell out of each and every one of you. Keep it short and sweet, man. We'll, we're going to reconvene. Let's keep this thing going, man. Let's keep this drive alive. <laughs> but uh, until then... Y'all be good. Let's go find a way to go get a dub at home and protect that Death Star. Y'all be good, man. Peace. That's right, guys. It's a big game, so absolutely enjoy your weekend. Get your relax on, however you get down. But uh, make sure, you know, they're going to need all of our support there on Sunday. So they've got to get this one. We all want to see these these Chargers, you know, limp back to L.A. with an L. And uh, if the Raiders are going to keep any hope alive for the rest of the season, they got to, you know, if they're going to keep the lights on, they got to just win, baby.